Americans are living in a fantasy world, calling good evil and evil good. In the face of the relentless onslaught of evil, the American church has grown timid and fearful of offending anyone. It's cowardice to claim you're preaching the gospel. If the gospel you're preaching isn't impacting the culture, anything less is simple religiosity. This is Bob Boyd. And Jerry Boyd. This is Issues in Education. When Jesus looked over the city of Jerusalem, he wept and he said, I would have brought you peace, but now your enemies will encircle you and dash you and your family to the ground. Ancient Israel did not recognize their Messiah and the Prince of Peace, and it was too late for them. They lost their last chance to save them from destruction. We who know the Lord know that he is a God of love and grace but also a God of justice. It's not too late for us now, but one day it will be too late. The question is, what will you do now before then? God told Solomon, the Lord said, When I shut up the heavens so there is no rain, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. That's a promise. Although this promise to forgive and heal was given to ancient Israel, it does apply today to America, which is following the same pattern of ancient Israel. Today is a special broadcast from the day American leaders prayed in Washington, D.C., called The Return, Global Day of Repentance and Prayer, with Jonathan Kahn, author of The Harbinger. The voice of Elijah called out to his nation in ancient times and now cries out to America, How long? How long, America? Will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, then serve Him. But if Baal is God, then serve Him and go to hell. America has forgotten the purpose for which it was formed and now wages war against them. How then can it stand? And how can God bless a nation that wars against His ways, that blasphemes His name, that silences His word and vilifies those who uphold it, that sheds the blood of over 60 million of its children. Can the smiles of heaven remain upon it? They cannot. Such things only lead to judgment. God told the prophet Jeremiah, take that vessel and show it before the people. And then, smash the vessel. For if a nation's course remains unchanged, so too will its end. A house that wars against its own foundation cannot remain standing. And that is why we have come to this ground on the 26th day of September because the hour is late and the moment is critical. We've come here to stand before God, to intercede for this nation as never before and seek His mercy as never before. We have come here because God has given this promise. Yet still, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their evil ways. I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. And so too has come the time to return. We've come here to seek his mercy that we would not pass the point of no return. For God longs not to judge, but to save, to forgive, to heal, to redeem, and to revive. For without revival, America is lost.
And what was it that happened to ancient Israel? The nation turned from God. The people drove him out of their hearts, out of their government, out of their education of their children, out of the public square, out of their culture. They overturned his commandments. They disregarded his ways. They redefined truth. What was evil they now called good and what was good they now called evil. That which they once revered, they now reviled. And so the sanctity of life, they desecrated their children, their most innocent possession. They now lifted up as sacrifices and shed their blood on the altars of their new gods. And so the blood of their children cried out against them and would call forth their judgment. What about America? America has likewise fallen. In the midst of our blessings and prosperity, we too have turned away from the God of our foundation. And our falling away came the same way first as a drift, then a departure, and now a war against His ways. We drove God, we drove God out of our hearts, out of the education of our children, out of the public squares, out of our culture. What is evil, we now call good. And what is good, we now call evil. And as for our children, our most innocent possession, we have sacrificed them on the altars of self-indulgence. But a thousand laws and a thousand angels swearing on a thousand Bibles cannot alter one iota of this basic measure of morality. To shed the blood of an unborn baby is to murder a human life. And the most innocent of human lives. The people of ancient Israel lifted up thousands of their children on the altars of Baal and Moloch. And by doing so, they invoked their own destruction. But we have lifted up millions. And our collective hands are covered with blood. 60 million Americans have been murdered. It's an America that has declared war against its own foundation, a nation its founders would not recognize. An America in which the statue, its first president, after which this city is named, is pulled off its pedestal, wrapped in an American flag, and set on fire. And yet it was that same first president who on the first day of his presidency gave the nation a prophetic warning. He said this, The propitious smiles of heaven can never be expected on a nation that disregards the eternal rules of order and right which heaven itself has ordained. If America should ever disregard God's eternal rules of order and right, then the smiles of heaven, His blessings, will be removed from this land. And now we have disregarded those eternal rules of order. We war against the order and the nature of marriage, of life. And we now watch as the smiles of heaven are being removed from the land. We indoctrinate our children against the ways of God. We perform surgery on their bodies to alter their very nature. Are we not doing what the scriptures warned us never to do? To cause these little ones to stumble. As the American flag lies burning in our streets while another flag, that of the rainbow, is lifted up and celebrated as an emblem of pride. But the rainbow does not belong to man. The rainbow belongs to God. And it was not given as an emblem to the pride of man, it was given as a sign of the mercy of God. A mercy given in the face of judgment. But if we turn that sign of mercy against the one who gave it, then when the days of judgment come, what mercy will be left? How then does it fall? 
The Bible gives a very clear template. Years before that judgment, years before that destruction, the nation's hedge of protection is lifted. An enemy is allowed to strike the land. It's a wake-up call. It's a warning, a calling back from God. On September 11, 2001, America's hedge of protection was removed. An enemy struck the land and the nation was shaken. So, Father, we ask that you would move upon the nation and you have shown yourself mighty. We commit all the more to do what we are to do until revival will touch this land. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their evil ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Amen and amen. We've been listening to Jonathan Kahn, who organized this day of repentance and prayer held on the mall in Washington, D.C. on September 26th. Among the leaders was Dr. James Dobson, host of Family Talk and author of many excellent books. Dr. Dobson cited the clear reasons we as a nation need to repent. I believe the Lord has given me a message that now burns within my soul. I am deeply concerned about our nation's depravity and where it's leading. America has become morally bankrupt and is spiritually bereft. Sadly, she has prostituted herself with pornography, perversion, pedophilia, profanity, infidelity, greed, pride, the LGBT ideology, lawlessness, hatred, wanton violence, public schools that are corrupting our young, and apostasy. Marriage has now been redefined and perverted. Among America's most heinous sins are the murders of 62 million babies who were being knitted together in their mother's wombs. They were then ripped without anesthesia from their places of safety. Their blood calls out to the Creator from the ground in which it lies. There is one phrase to describe the godless culture that we live in. It is utter wickedness, which if left to its own course, will eventually bring divine judgment. There is only one hope for the survival of this great nation, and it is repentance and change that is turning from evil. Now, we don't hear very much about repentance these days, but the scriptures are replete with teachings about it. Jesus, Isaiah, John the Baptist, Jeremiah, he implored the children of Israel to turn from their wicked ways, and we all know what happened when they refused. Jerusalem was destroyed by the Babylonians. Most of the Israelites were slaughtered, but the survivors were marched into Babylon and enslaved by Nebuchadnezzar, where the people suffered under tyranny for 70 long years. Visualize the imagery of that for a moment. Nehemiah tells us that they all wept. That is the essence of repentance. May it fall on the people of our great land. Lord, speaking for this sacred assembly, I join those who are appalled by the wickedness of our nation. Our depravity is like that of pagan nations who never even knew you. But we know who you are. You are righteous and holy. You're not only a God of infinite love, but you're also a God of justice. 
you will not be mocked. We ask you to hear our plaintive cry and forgive us for our individual and corporate sin. So we come before you with sorrow and regret today. Like Ezra and Nehemiah in ancient Israel, we symbolically bow before you with our faces to the ground. Lord, in closing, we ask you to bring a third great spiritual awakening to the American people. May it sweep over the land like a tidal wave, bringing repentance to the lives of millions. Heal our land and bring righteousness to this generation. In thy name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Dr. James Dobson is concerned for the future of our country that he said is guilty of utter wickedness. Left to our own course, it will bring God's judgment. We need, as citizens of this country, to repent or perish. Pastor Carter Conlon of the Times Square Church in New York City tells us how God sees the sins of this nation and why we as a nation deserve God's judgment. Yet God is merciful and patient, and he doesn't want any to perish. As the prophet Jeremiah once said, Shall I not punish them for these things, says the Lord? Shall I not avenge myself on such a nation as this? We've loved comfort over conviction, and we've sought pleasure over purity. We ought not to be afraid, because he speaks to us for good and never for evil. And if we will open our hearts to the light of God, not only will we not be condemned or rendered powerless in this last day, but you and I, as the church of Jesus Christ, will become a force to be reckoned with in our society. My cry and the prayer of my heart is God radiate in us again, in our thoughts, in our hearts, the way we live, the way we speak. Bring us back to our purpose on the earth. May God give us the grace to find the courage that only the Holy Spirit can give to the church of Jesus Christ. May God give us the grace to pray in a way that one more time in our generation, mountains will be forced to be moved and be cast into the midst of the sea. Oh God, in Jesus' name, touch your church. Holy Spirit, come. We need you now. We need you more than life. We need you more than all of our plans and schemes and the things we've done in your name. God, we humble ourselves before you and confess that we need your presence in our lives. Bring us to the light and let Jesus Christ, above everything in this nation, be glorified. Amen and amen and amen. Amen, amen. Isn't that beautiful? Pastor Carter Conlon of the Times Square Church in New York City sees our culture from God's point of view. Our nation, like ancient Israel, was blessed beyond any other nation with the greatest freedom and prosperity, with inventions and military might more than any other nation in history. But like ancient Israel, we've grown lukewarm, even cold, frigid toward God, censoring Him out of our culture and our schools. Dr. Foley Beach is the Archbishop of the Anglican Church of North America, who says God wants this nation to be hot and on fire for Jesus like we used to be. Yes, may our pulpits be aflame with righteousness. Jesus desires his church to be on fire, hot, not lukewarm. In Revelation 3, Jesus gives a warning to the church in Laodicea and to the church throughout the ages. He says, I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. He says, I would rather you be hot or cold. 
not lukewarm. Not only does lukewarm ruin the church's ability to witness and serve God, it makes Jesus sick. And it eventually leads to being cold. The problem is when we allow the drip drip of our continual sin to go unchecked. It hurts our ability to ignite the fire. The pilot light gets neutralized. The Holy Spirit is quenched in our lives and in the church. God is calling His church to repent of our known sins. To stop the drip drip of sin in our lives. Now, today... Not tomorrow, not in two hours, to repent now. Repentance is not just asking God's forgiveness. Repentance is turning away from our sins. It's changing our minds from doing our will to God's will. What are your known sins? The ones you know about. It's time to repent. Our nation needs a fired up, hot church not a lukewarm or a cold church. Our nation needs followers of Jesus, not tepid, apathetic, and religiously cold people. Father, we pray for your church. Pour out your fire. Pour out the spirit of repentance and grant us a spirit of holiness. Melt away the unholy desires and practices in our lives. And by your Holy Spirit, that we may be filled with him. That we might not be lukewarm, Lord, nor cold, but hot, on fire for you. Holy Spirit, do a work in us even now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Absolutely. Foley Beach is right. He says God wants on-fire followers who remember Jesus. Jesus was totally passionate and committed to die for us. How can we do anything less? David Stuckenberg is the founder and CEO of the American Leadership and Policy Foundation. He's an Air Force veteran with more than 900 combat hours serving our nation in intelligence and surveillance missions. He is warning us of the impending peril of our nation falling for communism as so many young Americans want more and more entitlements from our government. More than 50 years ago, in the building behind me on Capitol Hill, a man named Richard Wormbrand stood before the United States Congress and he said America is the last bastion of freedom. If America falls to communism, the world will fall. You are the last dyke holding back the flood of tyranny. Communism is more than a political system. It is more than an ideology and it is more than an economic system. It is something that seeks to separate us from the God-given free will that he created us with. The free will to follow him. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. I issue a challenge. Choose this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. Father, we bow our heads and we ask you for mercy that triumphs over judgment. Let us lean unto you and not to the arm of the flesh. Lord, there is a way to world peace, and that is to surrender the world to the Prince of Peace. So we come to you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Funny Father George Mason said these words at the 1787 Constitutional Convention, quote, As nations can't be rewarded or punished in the next world, so they must be in this world. 
by an inevitable chain of causes and effects, providence punishes national sins through national calamities. Pastor Mark Gonzalez, founder of the Hispanic Prayer Network, has faith that God will motivate pastors and leaders as never before. We're believing that today starts an awakening from pulpits across this nation. And right now we're believing that no longer will there be anemic pulpits, anemic leaders, because we're coming before God and saying, Father, forgive us, forgive me. I assume responsibility because I've been called to be salt and light. We've been anointed by God to transform society. So join with me as we pray for God to move and shake the leaders and pulpits around this people planet. Father, we just come before you now. Let an awakening take place in pulpits, God, like never before. God, there's times where we've said, well, nobody knows that I'm doing this. But Father, you do. And we're not here to please man. We're here to please you. We're here for a move of your spirit to take place. God, we want to walk in power and authority like we've never walked in power and authority before. God, we want to speak and demons are going to tremble. We're going to speak. God, and the earth is going to shake. We're going to speak and souls are coming in the kingdom because today we're coming before you. We pray, God, you burn the shaft off our lives. We want to be holy. We want to be holy before you, God. We want to set people free. No more compromise. No more our agenda over your agenda. Our schedule over your schedule. For a revival and awakening, God, as we repent before you this day, have your way over America. Have your way over the nations of this world. And we'll give you the honor, the glory, and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, Pastor Gonzalez. We have taken our freedoms and prosperity for granted. We've taken God for granted. Founding Father Thomas Paine said in 1776, What we obtain too cheaply, we esteem too lightly. That is so profound and so true. Dr. Uluwaseo Ajiboy, the founder of Mission Africa International, cries out for God's mercy. Lord, we cry for your mercy. We cry for your mercy. We call upon your name to remember your promise that you will have mercy and not judgment. We call upon your name to look down from heaven and choose in your mercy to save your people from the disobedience of the church. Oh God, turn your church, send forth your power, cause revival to come, and let your holy name be glorified. Amen. So the question is, what can you do? You can pray, you can repent, and vote biblically. We'll conclude with Jonathan Kahn giving us a preview of what's going to happen when we stand before God and we give an account for each of our lives. We each are destined for eternity, and we will each stand before Him on the day of judgment. Kingdoms have risen and fallen, but the name of Jesus has outlasted them all and remains as alive and powerful now as it was then. Jesus, the love of God who took upon himself our judgment, who gave up his life for our sins, and who in his rising overcame death so we could be saved and find everlasting life. For God did so love the world that he did give his only begotten Son that whoever, whoever, 
would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life who says to you now come to me and I will not turn you away father we commit to do what we are to do before your great hand and your great mercy until revival will touch this land and the world that we pray for it and we thank you for showing us great and mighty things we knew not of in the name of Yeshua Jesus the King of Kings Amen We've been listening to Jonathan Kahn, author of The Harbinger. Get this, in times of moral crisis, neutrality is treason. In times of moral crisis, neutrality is treason. And all that is necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. Jesus said, you're either with me or against me. He said that if you're lukewarm, you make him sick. I'll spit you out of my mouth, he said. Let's pray. Lord, give your followers and all Americans a true appreciation for your innumerable blessings and the great spiritual heritage of courageous people of faith in our past. Remind us, Lord, that you are the God who they worshipped and served and inspired them to lay a biblical foundation with our Constitution and Bill of Rights. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like a CD copy of today's very important and inspirational program, please ask for number 1803, Prayers for the Election. That's number 1803, Prayers for the Election. And you can order a CD copy of this program from our website. Our website is issuesineducation.org. That's issuesineducation.org. Please give us a call at 928-776-0000. That's 928-776-0000. From James 4, verse 4. Know you not that friendship with the world is hatred towards God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. For Issues in Education, this has been Bob and Jerry Boyd.